The 2022 fantasy football season has finally arrived. And with that comes the long-awaited season two of Football on the Rocks. This year, we will bring you every week our borderline fringe starters, our busts of the week, and our DK or DraftKings stacks that we like to make sure your millionaire team is ready to go. Don't forget, we'll always talk about our bourbon or beer just to make sure you're enjoying a glass or two. Without further ado, here's your show, Football on the Rocks. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. Uh, I am hosting tonight. Uh, Joe and John are both out. Uh, Joe got all fancy on things and had not one, but two babies over the weekend. Uh, So he understandably has his hands full. And John is still very busy with his day job. Uh, Hopefully one day he can quit that and do this full time again. But in lieu of just listening to me drone on for the next 40 minutes or so, uh, we contacted Caleb once again to fill in um, those early listeners remember him from maybe this off season he drafted with us and uh, we actually got him through uh, being our, our uh, football and rocks giveaway winner uh, so he's kind of joined us and come along for a nice little ride Caleb why don't you tell us a little bit about how your season's going and uh, we'll get into some beers then hi uh, hello again this is going to be an interesting podcast. We don't have anybody to keep us in check. Um, they made a I'm, mistake. <laughs> they did. They did. People are probably going to tune us out within the next 10 minutes or so. Um, Hopefully not. But, we'll... <laughs> but as for how my season's gone, it has been overall a pretty good season. I think I'm sitting uh, between my numerous amount of leagues, sitting around 62% win. That's pretty good. Um, I've been doing a lot of DFS. That's been pretty hit or miss. It's kind of hard, but other than that, I'm just kind of enjoying football, taking it as it comes, and seeing how the season plays out yourself. Now, now something very interesting happened last night for uh-huh. you, watching that uh, that Monday night football game. I don't know that it's ever happened, but I think it's one of those anomalies that needs to be talked about and just at least mentioned to see, like, Bad beats of all bad beats. Now you're in seventeen thirty leagues. I don't know. You're in, <laughs> yeah. you're in an enormous amount of leagues. You're very busy when it comes to that. So understandably, you have some overlap on some players. But tell us a little bit about what happened last night and how the one in a billion chance of things happened to you. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I am in way too many leagues to count. Um, so bad beats happen. They're they're semi-regular. Um, but the two leagues that I consider to be my main two leagues, uh, the redraft I do with you guys, you know, that's been the league I've been in since I've, I've started doing this. So that's obviously my most important league. And then the first dynasty I ever joined. So two leagues that are near and dear to me. And I had Devontae Adams in one league only player playing in the matchup, and I was playing against Devontae Adams in another league. Again, only player that was active in that matchup for Monday night. And in one league, Devontae Adams got 
just enough that I lost by point one. And then in the other league, he didn't get enough, so I lost by point zero four. There was a so, so there that was a <laughs> touchdown. That yep. last catch that he had, that touchdown catch, lost you both games in the only possible way that you could have lost both games. Yeah, I was explaining to a friend that the odds of that happening were less than point zero one percent because it was a one yard, like one yard either way, and I would have won in one or the other. But right. Right. It fell just just on the notch that I lost in both. Oh. <laughs> and this is why we drink. This is this is where the alcohol <laughs> portion of our podcast comes into play. Um so on that note, what what are you drinking tonight? Uh so I am drinking it's called Read the Room. It's by Blackstack. They're located in St. Paul and uh upon your recommendation I found them out here in uh, central Minnesota, and I'm drinking a fruited sour beer. It's pretty good. Wonderful. What uh, Do you know what fruits they used in that one? You know, off the top of my head, I do not, but oh, I found it. It says pineapple, passion fruit, mango, and raspberry. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Um, it, it does, it's kind of like velvety, or, or what's the mouthfeel on it? Um, you know, the only fruit that I can for sure distinguish is pineapple because it's kind of got that sour tangy that you get when you eat mm. um, uh, a piece of pineapple. And it's nice. pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Very good. Well, I opened another one of my crawlers adding to my wall. Um, I'm still actually, I've done so many of them so far that I need to go back out to the store and buy more shelves. Um, which is a good thing because it means I'm adding to the collection here. Um, but as I mentioned in the last couple of weeks, I had been given by my father and ma and mother um, some wonderful crowlers from uh, August Shell's Brewing Company down in New Wall, Minnesota. They are the uh, old family brewery that you know Dad grew up in New Wall and everything, and so it's one of those classic german beers i got the fire brick out tonight the vienna style lager um, a little bit higher in the alcohol content on it um and this can this was their first canning of crowlers ever um that my parents were so generous enough to go out and get for me and within that first ever canning line uh, the president of the company actually went and signed a few of those cans. This happens to be one of those sat, uh, signed cans, and so it is going to be going into a special prominent spot right in the center of the uh, mural of different beers that I have. Uh, very classic um, logo of August Shells on there. Over time, I can see them maybe expanding into like more artistic um, views on these cans and, and really getting into some of the art competitions that go along with just the label making that, that comes with uh, beer cans and such. But I digress. Some of you are here for the beer talk. Some of y'all are here for the football talk. Um, so we'll jump into that. And I will let Caleb take the reins. We're again, we're not going to have to tell you to start Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. 
Um, you know, we're not here to say, hey, start Lamar Jackson. You guys know to start your studs. But when it comes to those, not everybody has those guys on their teams. So if you found yourself drafting, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and the likes of that, um, or you maybe have a guy on by or that's hurt, you need some help here. And that's where we come in. So, Caleb, who are you liking this week at quarterback? So you, we are talking about guys outside, you know, outside your top top 10, top 12. So like, like Bob was saying, don't come back to this and going, well, Josh Allen scored more than this guy because, you know, we're, we're trying to help you guys deep dive if you don't have any further options. Um, my quarterback for this week is Daniel Jones. Um, he's going to be really hard to stomach but the Ravens are allowing a league-high 290.2 passing yards per game to quarterbacks. Um, Daniel Jones doesn't really have much to throw to this week, but he manages to put together um, pretty useful weeks regardless of that. Um, He hasn't had guys to throw to all year long, and he's consistently been producing at top 15, top 12 numbers. So I think he'll have a pretty good week this week. Nice, and he had a very nice uh, second half over in London um, that really made that comeback happen against the Packers, the lowly, lowly Packers. Um, so there, there is something to be said there, and he has two games already this season with 10 or more rushing attempts, which, you know, it just raises that ceiling or that floor just a little bit. Um, which you you know want to be able to tap into when you can. Yeah, I don't think he gets the credit that some of these other rushing quarterbacks do, but he consistently puts up you know thirty to forty rushing yards per week. So it's an extra cherry on top for your points. And uh, he's taking care of the ball really really well this year. I know that was kind of the biggest complaint with him is he he uh, he fumbled a lot, but um, his turnovers have gone down every single year since he was a rookie. Um, by about like 0.4, 0.5 per game. Yeah. Love to see that. Someone trending in the right direction and, uh, you know, someone that really needs to start trending in the right direction to make something happen here. Otherwise, it's not going to go over too well. He'll be finding himself on someone's uh, bench or holding a clipboard or, or something for a rookie very quickly. Um, I'm going to dive into the Thursday night game and I'm going with Carson Wentz this week. One thing though, to, to note, he does have a little bit of a shoulder issue that he's coming into the week with. Um, so definitely monitor that, but he's someone that has been able to put up some good numbers for you so far this season, couple, uh, you know, big 30 point weeks. And Oh, by the way, he's playing against the terrible Chicago bears. Uh, Chicago is at home, so they do have a little bit of an advantage that way on that short week. Um, but I do like Carson Wentz just for that reason to be able to put up some decent numbers. Um, you know, he's got yeah two, well, three weeks over 20 points. Um, and I, I see that trend continuing him being able to put up those great numbers. The Bears have given up. Uh, 20 plus in each of the last two games against the Giants and against Minnesota. And those aren't necessarily offenses um, that are 
too generally terrifying. They haven't given up 300 yards uh, receiving or, or passing yet, uh, but this might be one week that that changes as long as Wentz is able to uh, dole that ball out like we think he should be able to. Um, one other thing that I like about having a Thursday night guy is especially at quarterback, it gives you a little bit of an advantage in some ways because if he does have that big week, um, you can really set your lineups a little bit differently going forward. If you have someone that's like a boomer bust receiver running back, um, you might be able to go, well, I, I just need a solid output. I don't need a giant 20-point week or a two-point week out of a guy. And vice versa, if, if that week doesn't start out well, um, you have the advantage of that extra knowledge. Um, moving over to running backs here, Caleb, who are you looking at as your running back that you like for the week? Yeah, so um, Zeke's going to be owned in all your leagues, so I'm not. this isn't necessarily a waiver, way, waiver wire pickup. But um, it might be hard to start Zeke, given how he started. But I think Zeke's going to have a really big week. Um, the Eagles are allowing five yards per carry to running backs, which I believe is third most in the NFL. Um, and playing running backs against the Eagles hasn't paid off a ton, if that makes sense. So, like, they're allowing a lot of yards per carry, but the running backs aren't scoring that much because the Eagles tend to get ahead and then the opposing team has to throw. Well, I think Dallas's defense is probably going to be their one of their hardest opponents thus far in the year, and I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than the Eagles are used to. And I think Zeke's seventeen to twenty touches per game is going to finally pay off, and hopefully he can get a touchdown because his numbers wouldn't look as bad if he wasn't scoring. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how great that Dallas defense really is. They've carried them uh, to these victories that they've had this week. Or, or these last few weeks, and you know Cooper Rush has done enough to not lose them their games at least. Yeah, but he, uh, really he finds that. a way to keep it competitive for sure. Yeah, I also like that call because I have Zeke in a couple of leagues, and I need him to uh, perform for me a little bit. It'll be fun to see what he can do on a primetime matchup too, that, so that I'm not distracted by everything else going on. Um. So I, I really love that call. I'm also going to go with a guy that's in some sort of a committee backfield and uh, in a prime uh, spot here on Monday night. I'm going to go with Mike Boone. Um, depending on what your league looks like and everything, there there's a possibility that he's still out there, very slim, but you might be able to still go pick him up if people were slow on the draw to uh, add them to their team's last last week he did get the lion's share of the carries the week prior and the chargers have given up uh by far and away the most points to running backs and so he kind of falls into a really nice situation um with potential injury to russell wilson as well um he is poised for a higher workload. He looked like the better running back out there when we were watching him, despite only actually having about 40% snap share. Um, but that was still enough between the receiving and the rushing that he did to get you 11 and a half points in a full point PPR. Um, 
And and so with that, uh, yes, we do. They do. Uh, they did have um, Latavius Murray sign. He was a, I believe, he was a healthy scratch last week, just based on the uh, short amount of time that he's been on the team. And it's not exactly a easy uh, pickup uh, of this offensive scheme. And so with all those things in place, I do like Mike Boone a lot. Um. Biggest thing for me is in the last three weeks, Chargers have given up 30, 40, and 40 points to running backs, uh, over 145 or over 130 yards every single time. That's the Jacksonville, Houston, and Cleveland. Not exactly uh, um, backfields that you're going to be all too terrified of. And so I think Boone has a big week. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, it seems like they trust Melvin Gordon a little bit less to run the ball after four fumbles in four weeks. So, right, and that's one thing. If if he does fumble again, and um, there's a, I mean, he's shown that that likelihood of doing that. Um, it's very possible that he puts it on the ground one more time, and we're right back to where we've been this this whole season, and they're looking at somebody else. And I just want to add that he's uh, he's probably their most prolific pass catcher on as a running back right now. Um, so he's kind of game script. He isn't even game script dependent, which is nice. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, just all kinds of things to love there. I'll start us off on the wide receiver side. Um, I'm going to go out on the biggest limb of all limbs here. And I'm going to say, go ahead and start DJ Moore. And start DJ Moore with, with some, some vote of confidence to it as well. Um, it sounds counterintuitive. They're more than likely going to have a backup quarterback in. I think it's PJ Walker, actually, is maybe going to be their starting quarterback this week. And so you think, huh, that's not going to bode well all, all too much for him. But the, the logic that I'm using in all of that is um, who else is he going to throw the ball to? He's going to go, oh, there's DJ Moore. I'm going to throw him the ball uh, because I don't know who anybody else is, <laughs> for one. The other thing is that the Rams in general are giving up the third worst uh, point total to wide receivers. Now that's skewed a little bit. Uh, since they gave up about 60 points in week one to Buffalo. Uh, but since then, they've given up at least um, 100 yards to receivers, closer to uh, 175 on average. Um, and that's to Atlanta, Arizona, San Francisco, and Dallas. Um, you know, this is a game where I think DJ Moore, he can't be bad all season long. And if he can't do it now, um, he'll never do it, and you should just drop him. Yeah, something else to keep in mind is uh, their former, I should say former head coach, was quoted, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, saying that their offense was running exactly how he wanted it to. <laughs> and DJ Moore was getting four or five targets a game. And you can, if you, I unfortunately had to watch a few of those games, and uh, 
you could tell DJ Moore was getting open. It's just the way they wanted to run their offense wasn't working. Um, yeah. So and, and so that might be one of those things again where I'm addition going by subtraction. Yeah, exactly. They're going to say his way didn't work. We're going to do it our way now. Um, same like verbiage, but they're they're going to change up how their offense runs, and he's going to get more than just you know six targets a game. His, his bottom is six targets a game, which is decent. Um, I mean, you definitely want to see more if you're, if you've taken DJ more where he, where you more than likely did in your draft, but he only went up in his targets the last two weeks. I see it changing this week. Um, start DJ more. Yep. I would have to agree. What are you looking at wide receiver wise? All right, so let's dig back into that Thursday night game, um, except for we're going to go on the other side of things. And I'm just going to read off what wide receivers have done to the commanders so far this year. Week one, Christian Kirk, six catches, 117 yards. Week two, Amon Ra, nine catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns. Week three was that Devontae Smith game where he had 169 yards and a touchdown. Week four, CD had 100 yards in the touchdown, and he also dropped a 40-yard touchdown. And then week five, even I think he's called Nah, Nikhil Alexander-Westbrook, even he had 70-plus yards. So I think this is going to be a game where Mooney, um, who actually had a pretty good week last week, he had a really nice one-handed catch. I think he's going to go off against the Commanders. And I'm not going to say he's a shoe in for 100 yards, but it really feels like he is. Yeah. I I like it. I really like it. Um, that's one of those guys, again, someone that most people have given up on. And he's someone that you could probably find on your waivers, too, um, depending on the size of your league and everything. There There is likely someone that went, yeah, this isn't working. Let me go somewhere else. Yeah, I, uh, the commanders just haven't been able to stop the pass at all, and I... I don't know. This is kind of like Fields, in my opinion, in my own headspace, it's his last chance to prove that he can be an NFL quarterback for me because if you can't tear apart that defense in your second year, then it ain't looking good. Yeah, that and it it is prime time. Everyone's watching. Everyone's trying to see what's happening. you got to show up here. Otherwise, I don't know when you will. All right, and finally we got our tight ends that we're loving this week here. Um, I am looking at, and I I took a little bit of time to really think about this. I didn't want to be too much on just one game, and so um, I'm gonna I grab someone just outside of that top twelve, um, and I'm sticking with Irv Smith Jr. for the Vikings. Some of it is is needing him to actually do it. <laughs> and uh, the other part of it is that the Miami Dolphins have been giving giving up a lot more receptions and, and some they've given up two touchdowns on the season. Um, only one game under 10 points to a tight end, to the tight end position, I should say, um, so far this season. And really, Irv Smith is is the guy when it comes to uh, Viking tight ends. 
I think you can start him with a vote of confidence um, and a lot more confidence than, than you'd have in someone like Kyle Pitts. I've been on this man all season long, all last season as well. Kyle Pitts ain't it. At least I don't know what's going on in Atlanta, but they don't. They either don't know what they have, or Kyle Pitts really is that bad. Um, and so, starter of Smith. Yeah, no, I. Uh, I don't I'm, know more analysis on Irv Smith or if, or if that was just me hating on Kyle Pitts. Sounded like a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> um, Irv Smith is leaving a sour taste in my mouth. I'd have to agree with you because Miami really has been poor against tight ends. Um, but I've I've been tooting the Irv Smith horn the last three weeks, and it has not panned out for no. me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who you like it on the tight end spot? Yeah, so I'm liking a guy who was projected to be the backup tight end for his team, especially because his team traded for a tight end. Um, but I'm going to go with Will Disley, uh, the tight end one in Seattle. Um, Vance somehow lost the job to him, and ever since the season started, Disley's just been consistently putting up 50 yards and a touchdown, 50 yards and a touchdown, you know? And Arizona is actually allowing 85.2 yards per game to tight ends. So I I just don't really see a way Disley doesn't get his fair share this week, barring injury. Yeah. The, the only tight end who hasn't done well against Arizona, and I would argue this tight end's actually bringing their yards per game, like, down, was they played against Carolina, whose tight end one is Tommy Tremble. Hmm. So. There's something there. And if I remember right, you said you were hating on a tight end this week. Uh, who, Who is that guy? Yeah, so the bust of the week has to go to Travis Kelsey. Um, Travis it's really, really hard to say this. Oh, day after he scores four touchdowns. But um, they're playing against the Bills, number one against tight ends. Um, and... You know, it's it's five it's five games in. Who have they played? Have they played anybody good? Well, that Mark Andrews guy is pretty good, and he only had two catches for 15 yards against them. Um, every every tight end one to play against them besides Tyler Higby has had one or two catches. So I think Kelsey's this. Kelsey's one of those that you need to beware. I'm not saying you bench him, but maybe proceed with caution. Don't rely on him saving you this week. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's fair. If anyone was safe from him last week, uh, yeah, he, I don't know that he'll be able to do it again. And that's that's some really good insight there because, like you said, he's a set it and forget it. You're going to play him every week. Um, and I don't know that you would go so far as to start either one of our guys over him, but I think you're right that he's more likely this week to be closer to wide re- or tight end 10 tight end eight, then tight end, you know, one through four. You know, you're, he's still going to be top 12, still very much startable. You can't sit him. Uh, but, yeah, I agree there. Yeah, I would say err on the side of seven to ten points, then 15 to 20. Yeah. Um, my bust this week is Nick Chubb. Um, he is averaging so far in, in full point PPR 22.2 points per game. Um, he is just an absolute workhorse for Cleveland. 
However, he's playing against New England. And what does New England do? They're very good on defense. <laughs> They're very good on defense. They're very good at going, who's your best player, and we're going to stop him. Um, I think this is going to be probably his worst game of the season. And one thing that really stands out to me is for Bill Belichick, he actually started part of his career, like he had part of his career in Cleveland. Um, he was in line to be like a head coach there. He was head coach for a short time, and they got rid of him and said, no, nah, we're good. Your system sucks. And so I think that's part of where he just says, you know what, screw you guys. Um, I'm going to shut you down and do everything that I've been doing all season long. And part of that is that they are the fifth best team against running backs so far this year. No rushing touchdowns by running backs this season. Um, and only one team, the Green Bay Packers, were able to get above 20 fantasy points. And they're the only team that got above 100 yards as well. But it took 33 carries for that to happen. Um and I don't know that Nick Chubb is going to be able to do that. That was a 33-carry, 183-yard game for the Packers that they barely won that game, and I believe that went into overtime as well. Um, so it took a heroic feat for th- for uh, another team to be able to get over that 100-yard mark and extra time. So not that all that extra time got them that 100 yards, but my point still stands I don't like Nick Chubb this week. I think he's closer to, you know, like I said, probably his worst worst game of the year. Um, And I could see him being under 10 points even uh, for the week. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. Um, I have heard that they're seventh worst against the, or seventh best, I should say, against the run. But some of that's even being weighed down by Lamar Jackson running for 100 against them. Yeah. And that's that's not this, the M.O. of Cleveland. They're going to say, New England's going to say, okay, if if Jacoby Brissett, who I believe was a New England Patriot at one point as well, um, so that they're going to know his flaws and things like that to a degree. Um, if anyone's going to beat us, it's going to be him, not Nick Chubb, best running back in the league right now. Yeah, um, I see this game being a very defensive very defensive game between two backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be that'll be kind of interesting to see how that shakes out. I'm surprised right. this game isn't on Thursday night, <laughs> given the <laughs> NFL schedule lately. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I I don't know if uh, if Amazon is regretting their uh, billion dollar a year investment or not. Uh, on the on getting these games that everyone just complains about the whole time, um, because <laughs> they gave they, them one good game, <laughs> right? They said, "Oh, hey, we're gonna give you <laughs> Chiefs against Chargers on Thursday night to kick it off," and then everything else since then has been not good, just just bad football. Um, I'm imagining so, Amazon overlooked the contract and they just saw Chiefs and Bills and. Well, I mean, they they probably just saw NFL lucrative dollars. I will I will give them this because you're streaming it. You never change the channel. Yeah, that's a solid point. Like it, because then you leave the app. You gotta go back in. Like it, it's a whole thing. 
So I'll give them that. They have your attention for three hours. And really, they're recouping their dollars on some advertisements and um, you know, getting more people to sign up. So I'll, I'll give them that. I, I'll trust that Jeff Bezos knows how to run a business better than I do. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. He, he does have <laughs> Given just the... a couple of billion dollars to throw around. He, he maybe has done okay in that department. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... This is usually when we transition over to DFS, and Joe is generally the guy that knows everything when it comes to DraftKings. Um, I will point out, however, I was able to best everyone in the league last season or uh, last week, um, having uh, Gabe Davis helped in that endeavor a lot. Um, with his like two catch, 160 yard, two touchdown day. Um, so no additional names getting put onto, to our list of winners, which actually, if you are one of those names on that list, you want that to continue happening because then there's a higher likelihood of you winning. Um, so keep playing, keep trying to get some entries in. But here's where we get to highlight a little bit some of those guys that we like. And, uh, again, the solver.com is one of those uh, beta sites that we had found for, for anyone out there looking to see, um, you know, what an optimizer for daily fantasy might look like. And so go check that out if you're interested in seeing uh, who those suggestions might be this week. Um, that being said, Caleb, do you have anybody that you're really liking this week? Just like a stack of some kind or, or a couple of players that you might be, um, trying to get into a few of your lineups. Yeah. Do you mind if I work through my process a little bit or like, explain yes. how I go about? yes, please go. So do when I first part. look, when I first look at a slate, I try and, um, find the Vegas over unders and you always want to find the games with the highest projected points. Um, I just trust that Vegas generally knows more than we do. And this week, the the stack that I'm targeting on both sides, it's actually a two-sided coin here, is Geno and Kyler in Arizona versus Seattle. Um, it's two bad pass defenses versus two quarterbacks who are putting up absurd numbers. I mean, Kyler isn't, but Geno is definitely the shocker there. And I think this is going to be one of those 40, 50, 60-point games. So, Yeah. This that high point total is is definitely one thing that you want to be looking out for. Um, so is that kind of a stack that you're putting together then? Yeah. So for my fifty dollar lineup, because I do I do the red zone fifty dollar tournament every week, and for that one, that's the one I try and put the most like the lineup I try and put the most effort into, and I'm doing a Geno, uh, and then like I told you guys earlier, Disley, Lockett yeah. with the with the Ertz bring back. So it's actually a double tight end. Yeah. Wow. Stack. So love it. Uh, a game that I was looking at um, just for some, I don't know. I think it's going to be a game that not a lot of people are going to be on. And that's one thing that I try to do when I can um, is try and find, you know, be a little contrarian to a certain degree. Uh, while still having talent on the on the roster, and I'm going with the Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh with Tom Brady as my quarterback. He's only 6,300, 
this week. Um, slightly upgraded in terms of price last week, but his, his game has gotten a little bit better. Two games in a row, over 300 yards, um, and, and they're throwing it 40 to 50 times a game. Um, and so love to have that. I'm pairing him up with Chris Godwin again this week. Um, his price, again, is also on the rise, but he is getting a lot of targets. He's got 10 and 6 targets since coming back from his injury. He's got 12 points in the last two games. Throwing a touchdown on that, you got 18 uh, or so, which which you triple up on his price of 6100 You love that. And the last one is George Pickens. Um He's just getting more and more used in this offense. Eight targets each of the last two games, six catches each of the last two games. And, you know, again, he's only 4600 I think that's going to be the cheapest price that you see out of him the rest of the season. Um, his price has gone up every single week since week three. Um, and so he's a guy that I just love to have in that lineup as best as, as much as I possibly could going forward. Um, he's just going to continue to get peppered with targets and the breakout for him is coming. And I want to be on him every week until it happens. That big game is going to happen sometime in the next three weeks here. And I just want to point out that Pickens had a slow start to the year, but notice as soon as Kenny Pickett came in, Pickett yeah. to Pickens has been money. Right. You know, they've played they've played six quarters together and um I think I read somewhere that he's averaging like two to three targets a quarter when Pickett is in. So Yeah. It's nice. And then having some of those cheaper players allows you to get some more expensive running backs, um, and really put together a nice lineup with um some of those higher priced running backs on good matchups uh, like Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, even uh, Dalvin cook, all higher priced running backs that are going to be highly used on their offenses this week. Um, you know, obviously you can go on the cheaper route. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson being one of those guys, I think he's going to have a gigantic week with Harris out this week. And he's, re- he's really the only guy there. He's only 6,000. Uh, the other one would be uh, Eno Benjamin looking at trying to squeeze him into a lineup if you can. Um, he's extremely cheap and very likely going to be the only guy um, out there. He's only 4,600, and Seattle is 30th against the run. Yeah, and... Um... I know I mentioned Arizona versus Seattle, but if you want to be contrarian, uh, Kenneth Walker is at 5,400, and he's got nobody to compete with him for touches. Yeah, uh, exactly. And so, I mean, there, there are definitely cheap running backs out there, and then that allows you to throw in some of those higher-priced wide receivers, maybe get two or three of them even in, into your lineups or, or guys on these plus matchups that we were talking about. Um. Before we finish up tonight, Caleb, any any last words? How's the experience being on? Uh, it's good. It's good. I uh, I think, what, is this my fourth podcast with you guys? I, I think so. I think you've been on a couple different times. You've done our uh, 
think this is this did you do our preseason one last year too or yeah i was on i know i was on twice last year and i think you guys had me on once this year so all right well fourth time is the charm (laughs) um we will i'll talk to joe because he's usually the one that does our podcasting and that figures out how to post these things he's the tech guy so hopefully between uh, diaper changes and feedings, I'm able to squeeze in there with a quick question to him. Um, good luck, everyone. Good luck, Joe. Um, good luck, John, as well. Everyone's got stuff going on, but we keep chugging along, and I'll keep chugging my beers. Goodbye. <laughs>